Welcome to part two of the treatment options for ADHD. When parents are faced with different options, in the back of their mind, they're just waiting for that unfortunate kind of thought of someone's going to suggest medication. It gives a little cold shiver. They think about what are the consequences. They're worried about medication. And one of the common comments that I get asked and get kind of commented on is, you know, I don't want medication for my child. I want to look at other options. And I think I'm really sensitive to parents' wishes and try to kind of help them understand that the medication is very safe. You know, the first use of medication was around about the 19... 50s, 1955, by a Swiss chemist who trialed a medication, a stimulant medication, and he in fact tried it on his wife, and her name was Rita. That's where the name Ritalin comes from. It's almost a kind of, some people look at it as a sort of a, it almost like, it's, it's like saying COVID, it's like saying shark attack, it's like saying cancer. And I'd like to dispel some of those myths, because Parents are worried about the long-term side effects. Does it affect my child's growth? Is it going to affect the hormones? Is it going to affect the organs? You know, it's been around for almost over 100 years in treatment. And the research, there's more research done on the medications for ADHD in children than probably any other condition. We know, we know the devil. The devil you know, we know everything about it. So... The studies that have been done, it doesn't cause problems with the heart. Children don't lose their personality. They don't become zombies. If it's managed correctly, you need to get somebody who really understands the medication, who can communicate with teachers, good communication, being able to kind of understand children, have a holistic view of children, right from their development, right as if from a young age, right through until young adulthood. We monitor growth, growth charts, head size, blood pressure. Make sure that they eat and sleep right. So all those things are worries, particularly if children are small and have difficulty with their appetites. Parents are really worried about their eating. And that's something to take very seriously. So you need to have somebody who can monitor these things correctly. Another question I get asked is, how long will my child be on medication? Well, you know, ADHD is a lifelong condition. However, that if we start off with a diagnosis, two-thirds of children will be on medication or have ADHD symptoms right up until school leaving. Only 60% will continue to have during high school. 40% resolve on their own those symptoms. And then in adulthood, there's also a further reduction. So, you know, some people say that there's only 80%, or about, there's about a 20% reduction during um, school-aged children, and only 60% go through to adulthood. So medication needs to be used if the symptoms are dysfunctional. It causes harm, both to your child and people around them. The balance has got to be measured as how important that medication is, and sometimes the side effects. 
When do you need to use it? Do you need to use it on weekends, holidays? If it impacts your child's safety, some children are a danger to themselves, a danger to other people, and their medication needs to be taken all the time. It's like wearing glasses. You know, if your child's nearsighted, they need to be able to see the board and glass and to see clearly. Medication helps you think clearly. So it's got to be a balance. And I think there's a, often a grudge by parents. They, they feel it's like a failure of their parenting and the school system. And I don't think that is the way we need to think about it. Medication, if your child had diabetes, if your child had epilepsy, if your child needed glasses, you'd give them help. I like to think the ADHD medication is it supports. It helps support. It helps complement the other abilities, together with the behavior therapy and everything else. So what are the first types of medication that are available? And we have stimulant medication. And I'm going to talk about stimulants. Parents get confused as to what stimulant medication and non-stimulant medication. The word stimulant means that it excites the brain. It's kind of like an upper. It's not, it doesn't depress the brain. It's not, and the medication in South Africa is scheduled, schedule six. Not because it's dangerous, not because it's going to kill you, it's going to have serious side effects. That's not the case. It's scheduled and controlled because of its potential for abuse. In the medications that we have, it is very unlikely that somebody is going to crush it, draw it up into a syringe and a solution and shoot it into their vein to get a very transient upper and a very uh, kind of a transient effect. It is sometimes unfortunately used and abused, the short-acting medicine, but the capsules are less likely to. And the new form of the medication called Vivance, it's highly unlikely that it can be abused because it's only activated once it's swallowed into the intestine and it's dissolved by a special little enzyme that activates it in the blood system. So that is the reason why it's called a stimulant and scheduled. And unfortunately, Ritalin falls into that category together with methylphenidate and the amphetamine salts, which are the major categories. So that is the reason, not because it's dangerous and because it uh, kind of has a necessarily a harmful effect. It needs to be controlled to make sure that the specific medication is given for a particular cause and a particular treatment. That's why you can only get one month at a time. Exact number of tablets are counted out for each day. You know, the clinical practice guidelines of ADHD, and I follow a lot of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry together with the American Academy of Pediatrics, because the research at ADHD the combined research by the Americans is, exceeds the sum total of all the other research that's done in the world. So I feel that these organizations are well-placed to be able to give good advice. And it's recommended uh, as the first-line treatment in school-aged children because all the studies that have been put together, which consistently supports the superiority, the superiority of stimulant over non-drug treatment. So that's, I think, important to think about. And the American Academy of Pediatrics also suggests that uh, medication is used as a first-line treatment. Um, you know, it can be used 
uh, as a, a, a stimulant medication, either alone or in combination with behavior therapy. And of course, it's holistic management. It's treatment of medication. It's really a small part of the puzzle and the treatment strategy that I use in particular. It's a very important tool because if your child is concentrating and absorbing all that other therapy and all the other education support that they get will be a lot more effective and a lot more efficient. The majority of children who use the medication, you can see an immediate improvement. They increase their self-esteem, fewer disruptive symptoms. They're more at ease. They interact with their families better. They improve relationships. They have more friends. They work better at school. Their self-esteem is stimulated immediately. So, you know, the other big study that was carried out called the MTA trial, where they looked at groups of children that were divided into groups that did not have ADHD. They gave them behavior therapy. They also took children that were, di they, they got a big group of children that were diagnosed with ADHD as well. And they split them into different treatment kind of options where they gave them behavior therapy on their own, they gave them medication on their own, and they gave them behavior and treatment with medication. And it was clearly shown that the treatment just with medication was vastly more superior than all the other treatments. There was only a very, very small benefit with behavior therapy. Because I suppose it goes to the fundamental understanding of ADHD. ADHD is a doing problem, it's not a knowing problem. But behavior and for particularly the other kind of emotional support with parents makes a difference. So we've got the stimulant medications, which is the Ritalins, Concerta, Contramil, Nucon, which is a clone, and there are many generics, which are longer-acting versions. And Ritalin is also short-acting as well as long-acting. Then Vivance and Adderall in the United States and elsewhere is the amphetamine salt medications. Then we talk about the non-stimulants, so they work differently. They work over a longer period of time. They work in a different receptor system. And for children who can't tolerate, so it's often a second-line medication, who can't tolerate the stimulants, who have side effects, appetite, emotional problems, sleeping problems, makes them feel unwell. They just, unfortunately, part of the 20% that don't really respond. 80% respond very well to stimulants. So those are important part, and as a specialist dealing with the complex cases of ADHD, and often by the time I see children, they've seen many doctors, seen many therapists, and they've often gone through different treatment options and regimens. So the non-stimulants can be very useful in being able to help. And atomoxetine or the INIR, and there's also ATTEND, which is a generic of Stratera. And that treatment is on the noradrenaline version of the brain's chemistry. And it takes several weeks for that medication to work, sometimes six weeks, up to three months. And there's also a titration based on weight, unlike the stimulants, which doesn't necessarily go by weight. And then there's another group called clonidine and guanifacine, something called Intunif, which is available outside the country in a long-lasting, slow-release version. In South Africa, we don't have that. So 
The, 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 the clonidine comes as a version in South Africa called dexerit and also called menagrain, and it works differently. It can often be used effectively to treat motor tics as well as sleeping problems. So, you know, what medication should you be using for your child? Well, it's up to the doctor. It's not up to you as a parent to decide, I don't like the sound of Ritalin, I'd rather have Concerta, or I'd rather have something else. The stimulants are definitely the most effective. If I like to think about, if you think about the stimulants, it's working 10 out of 10, called the effect size and research term, and the non-stimulants are probably going to work probably 6 out of 10, because often if the stimulants don't work, it's a kind of a more difficult type of ADHD, and it depends on the other different problems associated, anxiety, depression, learning problems, and a lot of other medical issues. So what are the side effects? Parents need to be aware that there can be, and it will be, an effect on the appetite. I like to think about it more of a delay in the appetite. Children don't eat necessarily while they're on the medication. They, they eat when they are coming off the medication. It does affect some children's appetite. Some children have binge eating issues, and the longer-acting medicine can actually help that impulsive eating and help control weight. Then, of course, it can impact the mood. It can sometimes suppress the mood. The medication can sometimes almost dampen down the mood. It doesn't sort of elevate. Some children sometimes feel very flat, you know, like they're watching an old-fashioned TV that's not 5K, all those number of colours. It's almost like they've got, like... The a sort of a simple version of 16 colours, life is not that interesting, it can depress their mood. And that is something that needs to be observed and uh, discussed because there are often un, uh, alternatives and also we can adjust the medication. It also causes a rebound symptoms when they come off their medication. It can cause insomnia. It can certainly, some children need actually a dose of medication to help them sleep because it switches their brains off because they're too active. Or the medication itself can be in the system in children that are very slow metabolizers and it carries on in the system for very long periods of time. And then, of course, the worry about heart. It can increase the blood pressure, increase the pulse rate. That needs to be monitored so carefully. And it can unmask motor tics or, in layman's terms, Tourette's syndrome. The motor tics, 50% of children that have ADHD will also have motor tics. So those are the kind of important things to think about and be aware of. So we're going to talk about now in the next third part about further options that you have in treating your child with ADHD.